This is Heart to Heart with your host, Brian DeHart. These are just weekly conversations with folks that God is doing amazing things in their lives. I hope that this podcast uh, encourages you, inspires you, and it makes you laugh. I hope you enjoy, and here we go. I am so excited about today. We are in the room and in the building. We have the legendary Grady Brown. He is a walking legend, and the more I say this stuff, the more nervous he's getting. But uh, Grady Brown is a dear friend of mine, and a lot of you guys know him. Uh, He works at Burlington Christian Academy, where my kids go, and he's made a huge difference in my children's life and others' lives. And we're just going to get together today, and I ask him to come in to talk to me about what's going on in his life. God's using him, and like I told you, I want to bring people on here that God is using and doing things in their lives. And uh, he is, he's the man, and things are happening around him, and God's doing stuff. So we're we're going to stop listening to me talk. Here we go. Here we go. Grady Brown, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing pretty well here, Brian. Appreciate you having me on here. This is my first podcast. So first this is like a, podcast. This is an amazing setup we have here. <laughs> well, yeah. you're in the 318 Youth Podcast Room, or I guess we should say the studio. Okay. Yeah, yeah, for professionals out there. This is the studio. And uh, it, as I say to everybody, it's like a middle schooler's brain. So it kind of well, folks that haven't been here, this is worth the trip. Right here. <laughs> this is worth the this worth is, the price this of is worth coming out right here. Yeah. <laughs> well, Grady Brown, tell me, uh, tell me about uh, you are employed at Burlington Christian Academy, and uh, the main reason I brought him on here, I want to just tell you guys, when you listen to his heart, he is probably the best in the world I've ever seen at relational ministry, building relationships with folks. And just walking through life with them. You can call it discipleship, you can call it relationship, call it what it is. But this guy, man, he's he's almost got a cult following. And uh and I think it's because he truly loves people. So Grady, tell me, tell me what you do. What you do for a living, what's your day to day life like? Yeah, so I'm uh, the director of student ministry over at Burlington Christian Academy. I've been there for about nine years and, and basically uh, I take people to lunch. I would say that's my <laughs> that is my job. And we plan out uh, we've got chapels and retreats and Bible study small group, that kind of stuff. Uh, but I would look at it and go within that context. I have this amazing opportunity to spend so many so many hours uh, with students on a daily basis. So that's really what I'm, I'm there in the, you know, on the hallways in the mornings at lunchtime. Um, you know, their recesses, their field trips. I go to their games uh, and just hang out with them all kinds of places. We play disc golf. You know, we do putt putt. It's amazing. You know, in the course <laughs> of a week, I get to spend a lot of hours. And over long, you know, if I've been there. You know, the kids that are in twelfth grade now. I've known them since they were in sixth grade, so I've, I've been wild. able to track with those kids for seven years. Yeah, seven. And you've been you've been at BCA a while, right? Yep. Like how It'll be long? Nine years in January. Nine years, but yep. before that, you were at BCA too. Did, did I you? was there as a student? Yeah, I you went there attended through, through eighth grade. I did, and then I went to Graham High School. And it was know? only through eighth grade, so you yeah. couldn't go any yeah, further. They didn't didn't have a high school back then. So, so then you went to the other Christian school, Graham That's High right. School. I learned a lot of new words over <laughs> there. It was good. Yeah. How was that a culture shock going? It was. Yeah, the first two years were were really difficult. Yeah. And, uh, you know, by the time I was a senior, it was good. Yeah, but, yeah. but you're just walking around looking, going, this is what. Yeah, yeah. My, my eyebrows were up for like the first two weeks that I was there. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah, yeah skin just nerve. That's cool. And then after uh, after graduating from Graham, uh, what, you, what was your next adventure? 
Yeah, I went to uh, UNC Asheville for a year, and I got bored out of my mind up there. And that <laughs> summer, I was on a on a mission trip out to uh, to an Indian reservation in South Dakota. And while I was there, I actually never worked with uh, teenagers before that. So over that, the so you were in South Dakota. Yep, yep. Pine what Ridge Indi- Indian Reservation. Pine yep. Ridge Indian Reservation. Yep, yep. That's like the home of Crazy Horse. If you're familiar oh, with that guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched Yellowstone last night. Forgive me of my sins, but <laughs> man, talking about the reservation. Yeah. I've been out there. I've been to North Dakota, to Devil's Lake reservation okay Dakota. yeah yeah but some of your stories from the reservation are just epic yeah it gets pretty crazy you know you, everybody needs to take a trip out there i would highly recommend it so what did you do while you were out there yeah so it, i was a part of a church plant in a little town of about 600 a little town called wombly and um there wasn't really a church in that in that community at that point so um i got there and again it was something totally new for me and and uh, i just found that i could i was started building relationships with teenagers in the town and hanging out the same kind of thing i'm doing now we i pick them up to go play football and yeah uh, whatever we go hang out in the Badlands and and uh, run around and it was it was good it was just, and turned into little Bible studies and that kind of stuff yeah. from there and and kind of discovered that that was something that so was, you're building relationships yep yeah so I, I love how like we're talking the only about white guy on the softball team, I was about to know, say were you crazy yeah, yeah 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 so it's all Native Americans yep and Grady Brown playing on the softball team that's right that's right how how good were y'all. Uh, you know, I think the only reason they had me on the team was because I could drive and I could like, you know, I could get us to our games. And uh, so our, our, uh, our games a lot of times were off the reservation. And uh, uh, so the conversation was, well, we don't want Grady to play, but he but has a license. To, yeah. He he can put us in his car. And, and then if I had us. a bad play, they'd be like, Grady, you're cheating for the white people. You know? so it, was, <laughs> you know, it, was, it was good times. So. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So <laughs> that's. I can just picture you driving uh, your Jeep out there, piled full of kids in the yeah. back to play softball, yeah. and they're fussing at you because you that's right. <laughs> I remember I had uh, one time there was this guy named Dennis in in, uh, in the car, and we crossed like the little the White River, so that that's uh, the border of the reservation. And he was like, "Great," he's like, "Don't do anything crazy." I'm like, "I wasn't going to." I was like, "You know what's up?" He's like, "Well, I got warrants on me stateside over here because they can't pick you oh, up on the red." So wow. like, he's like, "Don't get pulled over." So wow, and that was so know. he knew you know I'm be safe careful. over here. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So, but he trusted you enough to ride with you. That's the did. relational aspect. That's yeah. awesome. So you're on the Indian reservation. Uh, you're smuggling people on and off. Yep. Uh, this is, you know, I always want this. I say I want it to be a crime podcast because they do really well. And I, I want to, you know, make a lot of money. That's the joke. I want you to make a lot of money too, bro. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so you're out there. Then how, how long were you in the Dakotas? Uh, total, I was out there for about six years. So wow. I was on the reservation for three, and then I uh, taught um, at a public high school there in Rapid City for a couple years. Now, what did you teach? Oh, that's a long story there. <laughs> I, was, uh, I actually worked with uh, the group of students that were, were considered emotionally disturbed. So, I, oh. you know, it's whatever, you know, if it was it was really just, hey, these, these kids are in a room over here. We don't want them out uh, getting in trouble elsewhere. No so, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I taught algebra, geometry, whatever it was for that day. And, no way. You know, a lot of it I just had to kind of learn as I went. Yeah, I got employee of the month once. It was incredible. <laughs> You're kidding me. No, I got the plaque. I, I'll, I'll show you something. Listen. Uh, you can hang it up in your studio <laughs> room here. Nobody escaped from your room. Your teacher of the month. Hey, we made it yeah no, right. what was the name of the high school uh it was central high school central yeah about 2300 it was the largest high school in south dakota yeah. no way yeah, yeah every time i'm around you i learn a new yeah true story that's crazy we'll talk later i'll give you more <laughs> on that it was, it was nuts yeah all right so from there what what brought you back to north uh, carolina at that point I, I really thought i wanted to go into education and teach uh and so i, I started some grad work in that because my my college degree was not uh, in teaching. And so I thought, Hey, I'll, I'll move back home and, yeah. uh, start working at BCA. Actually, 
uh, my dad was the administrator there at that point. Yeah. He called and he's like, hey, we need somebody to take this position. I thought it would be a temporary thing. I'm yeah. like, okay, I'll do this for a few months, finish out the semester. Yeah. I never thought it would be a long-term thing, and, and now I've been there for wow for nine years. Yeah. So now tell me about that. So we're back back in our hometown, which I'm ministering my hometown, which yeah. is always a little – I mean, I've been here uh, eight, 18 years. God, I'm old. But I've been here 18 years uh, actually working in full-time ministry. And I think I've kind of gone over the hump of old Brian, new Brian, you know, like yeah. but the first couple of years, it was, it was kind of crazy. First couple of years, somebody was like, uh, why are you working with teenagers, not adults? And I was like, cause they don't know what I did. <laughs> they got a fresh start. Yeah, I got a fresh, but, uh, but it's kind of, it's just crazy coming back to your hometown a little bit. Yeah. And then, uh, I mean, you even went back to, you're walking the halls of a school you walked in fifth grade. Uh, but what, what was your vision and passion when you got back here you're like okay okay i didn't think i was gonna stay here i thought it was short term but then something had to keep you and what was that yeah um that's a that's a really good question because i, I didn't have a clue what i was doing when i started i don't think um and there's about 300 i was working with middle and high school students yeah but who knows i mean honestly who knows what they're well they walked me up to my office and they handed me a chapel schedule and that was about it and that was like, it yeah here you go there was no job description yeah. i'm like all right be here tomorrow <laughs> so i just started going to the lunches and and yeah. uh meeting the kids that were there and, uh, and I, I don't know, it was, again, it was kind of, I've always enjoyed the relational aspect of stuff, but being able to be there with them every day yeah. in so many different settings, uh, I really fell in love with that and the opportunity there. Uh, and, and so, we, I mean, we had the chapels and the retreats and yeah. things like that, um, but I just really found that, that that time that I was able to spend with them and those friendships and those those relationships, there was so much that came out of that. Yeah. And uh, it was just such a rich experience that it was it's, it's so the power it. the power of presence right it's like the yeah. biblical power of presence i uh i'll talk into a life group talk and i've taught this a couple of times but i didn't in the jewish culture you may know this because you're well studied but in the jewish <laughs> culture um and i don't know if it's today i just know in the ancient jewish culture if someone passed away in your family then someone from the synagogue from your your community would come and they rotate staying in your home for seven days, for 24 hours a day, there's a person in your community that they're there just to help, to help clean up, to help, and they and they stay in there. They're meant to be there praying, but it's the idea of the power of presence, of the idea that as you're going through this loss, that God has put people with you, mm. and you're not supposed to be alone. And I, I always, when I learned that years ago, it kind of blew me away that, you know, I had a lady once tell me when I was doing youth ministry, I was at a, like a JV football game. It's like a Thursday night raining. Nobody's there. I'm there, right, with my Southern high school gear on. And I know you know this. You drove the bus. You are you drive the bus oh, yeah. for teams. And people are like, why would you do that? But just having that parent walk up to me and be like, you're always here. And I thought, yeah, yeah, because yeah, God's always here. And therefore, I want them to know that, God's always with them, and if I'm not always with them, then how how does that reflect Christ? Right. Um, and I, I've seen that in your life because I think you've been very sacrificial in a lot of the way you've lived your life for not just a kid or the kids, but for Christ. You've been sacrificial for Christ, that power of presence. And you don't have to always know the answer. Like, right. Um, I, I, you know a lot more than I do. I don't know the answer. I just know how to be there, you know? Yeah. I just had to be there. Well, there there's so much a ministry that's just, um, I guess, transactional. Where there's, there's, um, you know, I think like we're doing we're doing a food drive at the school right, right now, right? So I mean, that's an important ministry. It's not that it's not significant. It doesn't matter. 
but there's really nothing relational about that. And we're turning in, you know, somebody's going to hand in some, some cans of food. Yeah. And there's so much that we do that's, I mean, I think like even speaking at yeah. different times, there's times I get up and speak to a crowd. Um, and there's some of those kids out there that I know really well. There's some of them I don't. Yeah. So there's those pieces of it that are, you know, again, they're still significant. Uh, but they're they're just kind of kind of transactional, and I think when you can move into that place where you start to go, uh, not only do I do I um, intermingle my my relationships with the ministry yeah. what I'm doing, but to see my friendships and my relationships as a ministry that can stand alone all by themselves, uh, yeah. I think that's a um, that's a that's an important important piece of the puzzle yeah. there. So I I personally I I love the speaking in the evangel in, yeah in, and I hate it that's yeah like, <laughs> Grady had me over the other day to speak to the high school and I always feel like they're all sitting there looking at me like here he comes again because like I I demand <laughs> response from them in some ways but for me I have written in my Bible because I I do love that aspect of it but I never want to lose the aspect of knowing people yeah and being one on one and I have written in top of my Bible every time right before I speak every time I look at it, and it says, these people will never hear you till they hear you love them. Mm. So I think you're building that love relationship where you can speak into people's lives. And not only can you speak into people's lives, like I know a lot about your ministry because we talk a lot. Like when it hits the fan, they call you, you know? Yeah, and yeah. that's, yeah, I was talking to a guy at the gym the other day and he was like, what do you do? And I said, well, people call me on their worst days. Mm. And he was like, what? And I mean, I can see that in your life too, Grady. A lot of the times those relationships you build, there is the, hey, I got great on this. And hey, you know, but when he hits the fan, they, they call you, you know, yeah. because you've been there. And well, there's, there's a trust it. there that I think absolutely. And, and um, again, even if you don't have the answers, there's, there's a lot of times they say, I know this person cares about me. And that's, yeah. that's who they're let's talk. To. Let's talk to those, somebody out there who's listening right now because um, our culture is going away from that. Yeah. Like, oh, absolutely. It's very difficult. It's, yeah. yeah. Our culture's pulling. Uh, we were laughing last night at, at a meeting I had about teenagers. And uh, the, the guy had a teenage daughter, and he made the comment. He's like, she'll be sitting in the same room with a boy she likes and not even speak to him, but they'll text the whole time. Or, you know, they, and we're, we're, we're more connected than we've ever been, but we're less connected because we don't really connect. Yeah. And talk about what you're seeing with, Young people, so let's you know relational ministry, and in people that listen to this, it's, it's a broad range of folks. Um, but talk to them what you see on a day in and day out basis, observing families, and how can like a mom or dad or even uh, my son listens to this podcast; it's his favorite one. Yeah. But how can they say, okay, I want to be more ministry minded relationally? How can what are you seeing that they can do and what they're maybe not doing and not realize they're not doing it? Okay, and and um, I would have to go. I think one of the things that's so important that is just the mindset because I think, like you're saying, there's there's one of the difficulties is there's so much of a pushback already against if I'm just building a friendship with this person, it just seems like I think a lot of times like this is a waste of time. Yeah. Um, and you know if I'm if I'm doing something, I can point to hey, what did I what did I get, I get told every week, Grady, you don't do anything. Right? I hear that <laughs> yeah. daily. Oh, I hear um, listen all yeah. the time. Pastors, and, uh, you only work twice a week. Right. And I was yeah. like, nah, and, man, and we so, cancel Wednesday night service. I don't work once a week. <laughs> and so you know if you can't point to what have I done here, what did I achieve, what did, yeah. I, what did I produce, um, when you've got this relationship that's there, there's, I think it's already kind of a built-in allergy almost. To yes. like, well, you know, that's not productive. It's, it has, you just took somebody to lunch. Yeah. Um, that's a waste of time. And so I think we have to get past that and go, gosh, again, this, my friendship and relationship with this person 
is a ministry that stands alone by itself, and yeah. I have to see that. It's not, it's not what am I getting out of it. Uh, it's not the means to some other kind of end, even yeah. you know, in the church or wherever where I'm going. Uh, you know, I'm, just, I'm, I'm building this relationship to get something or to help this person even possibly yeah. uh, to fix their life. Uh, it's just because, hey, I, I want to share my life with them. Absolutely. And they want to share their life with me, so there's, there's a friendship there. And so I think if we can start to you know, look at it and go, my gosh, this is such a significant, we yeah. have to make that, that switch where it doesn't just have to be something that's productive. And so with, with um, the people around us, I don't, I don't know if we have permission to do that sometimes. Yeah. I think there's such a... It's almost like we use each other. Yeah. It's almost like, okay, I, I'm going to be in relationship with this person because they can give me this, right? and I can give them this. And like you said, there's an exchange. And sometimes we think ministry has to be that way, where sometimes there's there's no exchange needed. Yeah. The the presence is you're living a life well-lived relationally with people. And, and I think that's what we don't have permission to do. We're, right. we're always like, hey, we've got to do something. There's got to be some some. Uh, you know, end here other than yeah. the relationship itself. I've got to be doing something. I've got to be discipling this person. I've got to be inviting them yeah. into a program or getting them involved. I'm, I'm building them into a better leader. Um, when that can happen, I think naturally, yeah. when you're just, hey, I've got a friendship with this person yeah. and, and I'm going to share my life with them and they're going to share their life with me. Uh, so maybe I didn't, uh, and you know, it might sound crazy, but uh, even like, hey, did I build this relationship with this person just to tell them about Jesus? I think you can shift that where it's just a natural uh, a reversal almost yeah. where, where I share Jesus with this person because they're my friend. Well, because you're just being in Christ. Like we're, yeah. we're walking through that in my, my Bible study right now is like, what does it mean to be or remain or abide yeah. in Christ? These words that we constantly hear in the new Testament, be in Christ, abide in Christ. And we're, we kind of, what you just said is we're not going out saying, okay, I'm going to meet you. I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to, pray for you and I'm going to share Jesus with you and then once you share Christ I'm going to move on to the next one. Yeah. We're saying that abiding and remaining in Christ because it says in Thessalonians even to live a quiet life it's I'm going to abide in Christ I'm going to build this friendship and relationship and that gives permission for you to see Christ in me. Yeah. And for me to show you Christ without without it. And that's how you build that discipleship. I think that's the thing is I love discipleship. I've done it for years. You know, like you've allowed me to do it at BCA um, years ago as a youth minister. But I don't, have you ever done this? I've never sat down with someone and said, hey, I'm going to disciple you now. No, no. You don't do that. Now, but I've had people do it to me. Like I, I, don't, I had a dude sit me down like first year, second year here at New Covenant, took me to lunch. I'll never forget sagebrush. You remember the whole sagebrush? Sage yeah, yeah they I had think good bread. Yeah. yeah, I think homeless people live in there now. I don't know, but did you know every time you went in there, you smelled like smoke? Yeah, they threw the, the, through the peanuts on the floor. <laughs> yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I remember that place. So he takes me in there, and we're sitting and talking. He's asked me, and he he asked me to share my testimony with him. So I was like, okay, first off, that that's just, you know when someone says, "Give me your testimony," it's almost like, I mean, am I applying to seminary? Like, okay, anyway. Yeah. So I share my testimony with him, and he looks at me and goes, "Hey, man, God's really laid this. I'm gonna disciple you." And yep, that face you just made. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I guess, okay. I mean, how do you say no? Like, if I say no, (laughs) I was like, okay, okay. And like, it was so weird because he might have talked to me a couple more times. We might have went to lunch once or twice later. And then I I remember being in church like three years later, and he literally says, I've discipled Brian the last three years. And I was like, what? Wow. I was like, okay, you announced it. I did agree, but there was never a relationship after it. Mm. And I've watched you disciple young men 
And I've tried to type a young man, and I never say I'm, I'm just building a friendship with them. Yeah, and I think it happens naturally or organically, and yeah. in, in, you know, as you spend time with that person, where it, you know, we didn't set up a program. Yeah. Um, and maybe it wasn't even in my my intent yeah. when I started building that relationship with that person, but there's so much that that comes out of that. Yeah. Uh, that friendship that, hey, I'm sharing my life with you. And Absolutely. there's no way I'm not going to share Christ with you at some point yeah. because this is a part of my life. And, and if we're in friendship, you're going to see we, it. We share those things. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and, and it doesn't change, you know, the friendship if you, if you come to my church or not, or yes. if you, yes. you want to be discipled or not. Like that's, yeah. that's totally, I'm meeting you where you are. Uh, oh, and I that friendship that. is still, that's still there. That's still yes. my ministry to you. And it's so needed. And, yes. And so, you know, getting back to your, uh, your question of how can parents, you know, with kids, yeah. and they're, they're, I think that's one to have the permission to go. This is this is so important just to spend that time. Yes. And I don't have to go like, hey, there's some kind of intentional, purposeful, you know, yes. whatever behind this that I'm doing. I'm just spending time with my yes. kid, um, and, and that that by itself is a ministry. It it's is needed. a huge ministry. It's so needed, especially in a culture where everyone's lonely. I mean, yeah, everybody's lonely. Anxiety is higher than it's ever been. Depression is higher than it's ever been. And we're not, there's no relationships. People don't know where to turn. Yeah. And, um, well, man, listen, I, I want to close with this. And uh, is that, dude, you're amazing at what you do. And uh, it is truly uh, an honor to have known you and watched you do this for all these years. Um, I, I love your ministry because I love relational ministry. And But I think that I want to just, and maybe this is the dumbest question ever, and you can just be like, what, I'm just myself. But, um, there is a little intentionality to what you do. And if you could encourage somebody listening right now that says, okay, I've got some people in my life that maybe I wasn't intentional about it, but now I see God has, we're in life together. Um, how do they, because I don't think we, we establish, it's not them going to them and saying it. It's maybe a prayer mindset. It's maybe, how would you encourage them to say, hey, um, this is how you, you start doing this. And, and then maybe, um, I don't know, it's a rambling question here, but I would just encourage folks out there to, to, to take it serious. Yeah. So. so, I mean, the two things that come to mind, um, this guy, Edward Farrell, I love a quote he says. He said, perhaps our most hidden sin is we have so little time for other people. Oh, so good. And so my first thing would be make that time. Um, yeah. And there's, yes, there's tons of other things going on, but relationships take time. Uh, friendships yeah. are, gosh, they're, they're messy. Um, they take so much energy and, and it is a sacrificial kind of thing to do yeah. that, but it's such a, the rewards are so rich, uh, and not that you, you know, you do it just for that. But, um, I think the first thing is, is we're going to have to go, man, I'm, I make time for this. These, yeah. I'll, I'll lay down the things that are maybe a little more practical, efficient and productive. Uh, and I give myself permission yeah. just to spend time uh, with this person in a way that maybe it doesn't look like anything important yeah. is happening, but it's so significant. Um, I keep in my, in my office. I'll probably mess this up, but right, right on my wall, right in front of me where I can see it, yeah. it's just, um, it's from the rule of St. Benedict. And he, he wrote in there, uh, just talking about their, their abbey or, or monastery or whatever. When somebody shows up, it says all, all guests that present themselves will be welcomed as Christ. Oh. Uh, and so that's for me, like even in my yeah. office where I'm sitting I, I remember, you know, when I have a kid that walks in the door, yeah, I've got emails, I've got other stuff. I, I stop. Yeah. Uh, and that kid, I, I do fail at this some days, but for the most part, my mindset is, Hey, when, when that kid comes in the door, that's the most important thing going on in that room yes, right now. Yes, that's and, so and good. Whatever else is happening, that can wait. That email yes. will be there. Um, so I don't know. I, I really think it comes I love that. to a time thing. Yeah. And wh- what was that quote you said before? Because that's the one I want to leave everybody with. Uh, perhaps our most hidden sin is the fact that we have so little time for one another. 
Man, so I want to leave. If you're listening today, make time for other people today. Yep. Like whenever you listen, let's be more intentional. Like stop, stop. You don't need to watch the Netflix thing. You that email can wait till the morning. That text can even wait in the morning. And just stop and be present with someone. Or maybe it is picking up the phone and calling someone. You know what I love to do? I'm going to end with this. I love visiting people unexpectedly because nobody does it anymore. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And just and and I don't do it where I go bang on their door because that's weird. But if I'm driving by and somebody's in their yard, I'll just pull in and just stand in their yard and talk. And I'm like, God, this feels so natural. Like this is what we're supposed to do as humans is just be with each other. You yeah, know? absolutely. And uh, that's man, I appreciate you being on. Yeah, thanks for today. having me. Today, uh, I if you're listening out there, stop. Just take time to be with somebody, and and you don't realize you don't have to be giving them a three point relational dissertation theology statement of scripture. Sometimes it's just listening to their heart in that moment. So, Grady, you're the goat, man. Hey, I appreciate you. You Brian. are Thank a you. legend. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to have more people listen to this one just because of you, you know? Yeah, like, you let me know. Right. <laughs> I might listen to this one. Yeah. <laughs> I might listen. He said, I might listen to this one. That's like I sent this to my dad. My dad was like, yeah, I listen a little bit of it. I was like, he listened to none of it. like, a little bit of it. And then I said, what'd you listen to? He said, the trailer one. I was like, dad, it's only a minute. You couldn't make it a minute? He was like, no, nah, I couldn't make it a minute. I was like, dang, man. That's my life right there, you know. Well, I but appreciate you having me on. Bro. Absolutely, really we're gonna do it again. Okay, we'll, we'll yeah, get it again. Good. We'll get we'll get some of those BCA guys in here that'll and let awesome. them tell some stories. Oh uh, yeah, you're gonna have to edit that. Yeah, one. that'll be fine. Yeah. Okay, be fine. you guys listen out there. There's so much I had to edit about South Dakota. I don't want to tell. Yeah. I'm just playing. All right, guys, this has been Heart to Heart. Thank you. Tune in next week. Uh, follow us and like us. I think I'm required to say all those things. And, uh, my, uh, you know, I'm not going to lie, my daughter likes it when I go. I'll <laughs> see you guys.